Well, welcome back. We're back here to Voice in the Distance Ministries as we are venturing into Leviticus chapter 21. And again, we're, we're almost there. <laughs> we're almost to the end of Leviticus pretty soon. Got a few more chapters to go. So again, I pray that, uh, that, that we see more of God. We see more of His heart, His mind here, uh, His attributes, His ways. And, and it's really amazing again just to continue to see how things do transition into now even from those ancient days. And just because it's to the Levitical priesthood, if you will, there was many things that pertain to us. Again, I, I really feel the need to make that known. Uh, a lot of people are sadly mistaken about the book of Leviticus, that it doesn't pertain to us as Christians or in our modern day. And as I, as I like to mention, that some of it does, a lot of it does, more, the, more so than we know. But again, we're looking at the, the Word of God, the mind of God, you know, and, and we want to know what... What he what he does, you know, this fascination of him is what's most important. And we become very fascinated with other people. We know everything about them. We know every stat of, of our favorite athlete. We know every song of our favorite musician, you know. And, and yet we don't really know God as well. And yet he is the one who, who should get most of the attention. And so God help us, right? God help us to seek him more and more. And right now we're going to be looking at the uh, on the instructions of, of certain things of what the priests were uh, were to be and what they were to, uh, what they were to do. God had a specific instruction and a way for them to be doing what they did, and it, it was really quite interesting. Um, you know, I mean, again, not what we do here, but uh, certain things still within rabbinical uh, rabbis and so so on and so forth in Israel. Uh, they might practice some of this stuff and. Um, so, let's follow along and see what God says to us today in Leviticus chapter 21. Now, I'm going to start us off in verse 1 through 4, and it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priest, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, None shall defile himself uh, for the dead among his people, except for his relatives who are nearest to him, his mother, his father, his son, his daughter, and his brother. Also his virgin sister who is near uh, to him, who has had no husband, for her he may, def- uh, he may defile himself. Otherwise he shall not defile himself, being a chief man among his people, to profane himself. So, defiling himself, it wasn't... A- it wasn't what we think, <laughs> you know, in certain ways. You know, there were certain things that people did in the form of mourning. And the priest were to uh, to do things a little differently. I'll give you the example. Uh, they weren't to touch, as I said, you were not to touch a dead body, okay? And so, the, the priest being a holy man of, of God and of the people was to keep ceremonial clean, but it was also physically too. Um, there was other people that were de- uh, delegated to handle a dead body, if you will, kind of like in the form of uh, ancient morticians. But there was God being all-knowing and merciful gave an allowance for relatives and certain people. If one of your nearest relatives were to pass, then you as being a priest could handle them. But you weren't just to go and do that. You weren't just to go and, and, and touch a dead body. Okay, because again, death is not a, death is not a, uh, a pleasant thing. But some people... Some people, um, and especially pagan nations uh, around Israel at the time, took death to a different level. You know, there was there was an over-worship on those who had died. And so, 
for for the believer of God, it was a transitioning instead. Okay, out of the body to be presence to be in His presence, and so they weren't to be defiling themselves because again, people will do people will do interesting things when a loved one dies, and I could understand that because sometimes in our hearts we feel like we need to do something to represent them. And and whatever it might be, we have to ask the question, God, is this pleasing to you? Is this biblically right to you? And that's what God was doing here, is he was making it known to to keep themselves from contacting themselves with such. Um, there was ritual uncleanliness. There was physical uncleanliness. You know, it's interesting, in the country of Madagascar, every so many years, I forget how many years it is, uh, every five to seven years, the people will dig up their dead relatives and they will dance with them um, in, in groups. And the uh, the government in Madagascar was pleading with the people to stop doing that because people were being stricken with diseases. And so in Madagascar, that was a something they did for years. But you know what they didn't realize was the uh, the repercussions of of their of their practice. And so when people were getting deathly ill and killed due to some of the things that were going on, um, the government had to step in. Well, that's what God was doing first and foremost here, was stepping in um, to to implement these things, you know. And so God, again, knowing all things, but also being merciful in those things that we don't always see. Now he goes on to something a little different. <laughs> he go, Leviticus has a little bit of bam, 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 right? What I like to call this this choppy instruction, if you will. He goes from one thing after doing this. Now, when you pertain to this, you are not to do this, or you are to do this. And check this out. He says in verse six, it says, "They shall be uh, holy to their God and not profane the name of their God, for they offer the offerings of the Lord made by fire and the bread." Um, of their God, therefore they shall be holy. They shall not take a wife who is a harlot or a defiled woman, nor shall they take a woman divorced from her husband, for the priest is holy to his God. Therefore you shall consecrate him, for he offers the bread of your God. He shall be holy to you, for I, the Lord, who sanctify you, am holy." The daughter of any priest, in verse 9, if she profanes herself by playing the harlot, she profanes her father, shall, she, um, and she shall be burned with fire. That's pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> and, and so, one of the things, too, that they weren't to do on top of it was also, uh, in verse 5, was the, uh, that I might not, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but they were not to make any bald uh, places on their head. Um, or, or shave the edges of the beards, right? Nor cutting it in areas of the flesh. <clears throat> it was interesting because, again, people would do this stuff. Uh, they would cut themselves. Uh, the, if, if you've ever read the um, in, in the Old Testament during the time of Elijah the prophet, there was um, there was such a thing in Israel going on in the worship of a, of a god called Baal, and he was the god of fertility and weather. And the majority of Israel had been worshiping this god at the time. Well, Elijah was taunting them to bring their god Baal into presence, and they couldn't do it. So as they started chanting and dancing, they started to cut themselves. So again, ancient practices of different places that was not... Um, 
that was not godly, if you will. And so, but why the shaving of the head? Again, um, it was it was forms of mourning the dead in some cultures, um, cutting themselves. It was. Um, it was something that was a part of a part of it as well, out of anger, out of out of um, out of uh, depression, if you will. People are doing that today, unfortunately. And so, to be holy to their God, to be holy to God, is what was what He was asking for, what He was commanding here in these in these laws, right? To display the holiness to the people, right? And, and so, profane, right? What does that mean? It mean it basically means to bring disgrace upon. Right? And so, for they offer the offerings of the Lord made by fire of the bread of their God. And so, they shall not take a wife who's a harlot. All of these things, it was interesting too, because, you know, in, in, in Egypt, when they were just coming out of Egypt here, the Egyptians had priests as well. Okay, and, and so they had their own priests, but there was two differences in their priesthood. Their, the Egyptian priests were not just pagan, but they were very political. It was, it was based more on political issues. And so God was bringing them out of the political realm into the realm of holiness. You know, God wanted his priests to serve him first and then the people. Because their, their duties were, were religious, right? It was, they were there to help people draw near to God and worship him. Versus they, 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 those who used their position to gain power because they were not allowed um, to own land, okay, or take money from anyone. And that was something that the Levitical priesthood did. They were able to live in, um, in any area that they wanted to, but they didn't own land compared to the other 11 tribes that came into Israel. And, and so this was God's reassuring, right? This was God's reassuring the people of His holiness, don't take a, a wife who's been defiled, uh, divorced, if you will, uh, um, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Harlotry, right? And, and so the, the fact that you know, we, we look at the, the form of divorce, the fact that the priests were, they were specifically told not to, to marry divorced women. Okay, that's the priest. But now in Israel... Somebody was able to, depending on the situation, but this was in regards to the priest. And then you had the daughter of the priest, right? The holiness that, that's expected, not just in him, but in his household. You know, in the book of First uh, Timothy, First Timothy, in the pastoral epistles, and Titus, you know, some of the some of the rules of of ministry leadership was based on that of the household. What? How is your household uh, living? Are they are they following God? Right, so it did transition to an extent that if you are a pastor, if you're a priest of your household, how is the family walking? And that was something big in the eyes of God. And so, so even the even the family, the daughters, you know, had to be walking in 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 the laws and in the ways, right? Because it reflected their father, who was who was a, an ordained by God priest at the time. And so, if, if you couldn't maintain the household, how were you able to maintain all the people of Israel? You know, you had two million people in your midst and <coughs> only so many priests. So they really had their work cut out for them. So what God gives here is the blueprint. It, it is a blueprint here of, of how to, how to uh, walk in the ways of God. 
So who is the high priest? Let's take a look here in verse uh, 10 to 15. He who is the high priest among his brethren, on whose head the anointing oil was poured, and who is consecrated to wear the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor tear his clothes. Nor shall he go near any dead body, nor defile himself for his father or his mother. Nor shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God, for the consecration of the anointing oil of his God is upon him, I am the Lord. And he shall take a wife in her virginity, a widow or a divorced woman or a defiled woman or a harlot, these he shall not marry, but he shall take a virgin of his own people as a wife. Nor shall he profane... um, nor shall he profane his posterity among his people, for I, the Lord, sanctify him. Who is the high priest among his brethren, right? And again, it was a special responsibility. It was, a, it was such a great honor to be in that. You know, if you are a pastor, if you are a, if you're a leader, an elder, whatever you are, you know, we still need to maintain the holiness. Now, we may not practice these, we anoint people, okay? We have certain churches use the, the aspects of the garments and whatever have you. But again, it's about holiness. Now, he said here, talked about shall not uncover his head nor tear his clothes. Again, common priests were commanded not to defile themselves for the dead. But the exception was made for the close relatives. You know, that would be kind of hard. God knows our hearts. He gave us our hearts. And so he allows us to do that for our closest relatives. God is good. Right, and so, and so, doing all of that, uncovering of the head, tearing of the clothes, was, was again. It was just something that was done in that aspect. It was a form of of uncontrollable um, sadness in in the morning. One of the things they would do is they would tear their clothes and they would put on sackcloth and put ashes on their head in the form of looking as if in the form of defeat, if you will, in the form of that morning. And so, it was a very interesting thing to, for God to to allow here. You know, the, 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 your relatives, yes, they will be in the presence of God, and we have that joy. But, he knows that their presence here on earth with us is, is a hard loss. And so, God is, 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 again, very merciful, very understanding. And so we want to take this, we want to look at this and think to ourselves that it's, it's not just about rules. The book of Leviticus was not just simply about rules, but we also see the heart of God being demonstrated here in understanding. God, God gave such a, uh, a blessed uh, balance, if you will. Holiness first, yes, but understanding also for certain things. You can do this because he understands, and and, and it's and it's and there's nothing wrong with it, nothing wrong in regards to it, and, and so we thank we thank him for his understanding, and it's good to know what we can or cannot do. We don't want to push the envelope. There's a lot of laws in our land that that we may not understand. But for the most part, we know the majority of them. And so, how much more important to really know what it is that God wants us to do or not want us to do? 
he is he is very merciful, but he's also just. And so we want to we want to make sure that as we take the laws seriously, most of us do, not all of us do. There's a lot of law breaking going on in society, but of a lot of these laws that we are doing and breaking in society were were generated from God. The laws that we are breaking today in our society, God created back in this day. We just continued in it. He's the founder. He's the he's the builder of of what it is we've been following. Now, some men have created some other aspects and changed some things around. Not not all of them for the better, if you will, uh, depending on their belief and what they think is right or wrong. And God will deal with that. But um, but again, the majority of laws that we've known for all these years were, were from from right there from the mouth of God. His creation, his his heart, his mind created this for our good and for us to move around society without harming one another and 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 uh, offending him. So again, some of this is uh, is uh, ceremonial, if you will, but some of it's also <laughs> in good standing for us to 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 uh, to remember as well that we want to make sure that that we're not breaking some of this stuff. You know, we don't go around touching dead bodies by any means, <laughs> you know, that have been sitting there for a time um, without the proper precaution. And that's something that God also implemented, these things. He gave us the precautions and the, and the rules of, of things from a medical standpoint, from a, um, uh, from a ritualistic standpoint as well, but also for the sake of our well-being. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And and I say the book of Leviticus again was such a, is, is is a very important book, and we don't even realize what comes from it at times. You know, we're seeing it's all about the book of Leviticus again is all about holiness unto God. That's really what it comes down to. People might think that well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a priest, I'm not a leader. So what, why should I read this? You are a leader in your home. You're the priest of your home. You're the leader of your home. And and so, we want to remember that we are called at times too when we didn't expect it. We didn't expect it at times and, and we were called into that priesthood. The Levites were not expecting to be a holy priesthood, but they were called. So now the instructions are given. Check it out, 16 to 24. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, saying, No man of your descendants in, in succeeding generations who has any defect may approach to offer the bread of his God. For any man who has a defect shall not approach a man blind or lame, who, who has a, a marred face or, or a limb too long, a man who, uh, who has a broken foot or a broken hand or is hunchback or a dwarf, or a man who has a defect in his eye or eczema or scab or is a eunuch. No man of the descendants of Aaron, the priest, who has a defect, shall come near to offer the offerings made by a fire to the Lord. He has defect. He shall not come near to offer the bread of his God. He may eat the bread of his God, both the most holy and the holy. Only he shall not go near the, the veil or approach the altar, because he has a defect. Lest he profane my sanctuaries, for I, the Lord, sanctify them. And Moses told it to Aaron and his sons and all the children of Israel. A lot of this has stumped people. People have said, well, look at that. God is, is discriminating is in the form of um, physically discriminating. Not at all. See, animals that had defects, 
in them were, were not acceptable for sacrifice. Right? Because because they didn't they didn't um, represent the the holy nature of God in His design. If you want to look at it that way, right? That the animal had to be without blemish in order to to uh, to be brought in order for the uh, for the sacrifice. So when we give our best, our, whatever it is, our time, our talent, and what they call it, our time, talent, and treasures, then. This was what it was done back then. This is how it was done. But why the defects in the priest? Why why was that? See, here's you got to understand. If they had if they couldn't see, if they had a problem with their eyes, if they were hunchbacked, if they had issues, they they couldn't perform certain things because the priest had to inspect everything to make sure there wasn't any flaws. So if there's visual effects, they couldn't do it. They also had to handle large, uh, large forms of cattle at times in the form of the sacrifice. So uh, people who have been dwarfed, if you will, did not have the physical ability to handle such things or hunchbacked were not able to, uh, to handle such things. So, but here's the thing. Here, here's the kicker. If God, you know, God never showed any form of uh, of disdain or any form of uh, prejudice towards the handicapped priests. They were protected, right? They were supported with the food from the sacrifices. Never were they abandoned. They, they, they still performed other essential services within the tabernacle, but they couldn't perform these particular ones. Because it's just, it, there was just an inability due to the, due to the handicap. It's kind of like being in the fire department. You know, if you want to be a fireman, you have to have, uh, or a police officer, you have to have certain attributes uh, in order to uh, to get that job. You know, a fireman has to be able to carry at least a, a 200-pound person, I, I guess, in part of their training. Now, there's people that can't lift and do that. So, But there's other things they can do. There's other things they could do in, in in the form of the work, but there's but there are positions that could not. And, and so, the biggest part here was was again was again mostly of the holiness factor. He could not go near the veil. The veil was was that section that that separated in the back of the tabernacle where the priest would go once a year. And if there was any form of uncleanliness within the priest the priest would go back there and, and, and would fall to his death if the priest went back there willfully knowing that there was a defilement in him so again there, there was aspects involved here on what God needed and what God wanted and, and then he brought up the, 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 the bread right there was the show bread that they had that was that was brought out every day a certain amount of loaves on the on the front there of the tabernacle that was brought there every day but it was eaten by the priest at the end of the day and then a, and then the fresh loaves the fresh loaves would be put out and and it would be the same thing the bread would be eaten by the end of the day but again it was it was delegated to certain people delegated and dedicated <laughs> something i like to uh, uh, kind of put together delegating delegated and dedicated and so 
And we looked at 12 physical abnormalities, if you will. And, and so, these were just things that affected. I mean, the number 12 is a, is a number that represents divine uh, leadership. And so, it's interesting how there was 12 defects. And so, God implemented this. He implemented it, and we just want to look into it. You know, we, we have no place to question it, but we could look into it and see why. Because what he's doing is he's, he's revealing himself. He's revealing himself to us through, through, these, uh, through these ancient ways, if you will. And, and we see more and more. You know, I, I see more and more as I've studied these books that a lot of people don't want to read. Uh, that's why I want to teach them again, because, is because there's more than meets the eye here. God knew what he was doing. God knows what he's doing. His timing was perfect. His ways are perfect. Everything about him is perfect. And so he just wants all of us while we're here to, to, to live in a way that's protecting us. That's representing him in a way that, that's pleasing to him. But the greatest gift that we can have is again is that of salvation. These were aspects of what to do right then and there back in these days to keep, uh, to keep us or to keep them um, in the good graces of God while protecting themselves. But now there's a way. There was a different way that came about in that of Christ Jesus who came and died once and for all for the sins of the world. No more of these sacrifices were being had. And, and so when he did that, he gave us a passage to heaven. But that passage didn't just come by him just dying on the cross. There had to be a, a belief in him and an accepting of him. Are you wanting to be... With Christ, do you want to be with God? Do you want Him as your Lord and Savior? That was what was brought to the table here. Leviticus was, over time, was, was transitioning into what we see now. The sacrifice done once and for all. And it was a perfect sacrifice. God was the priest that, that, that sent him down. God was the priest that sent him down and, 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 and approved him as a perfect sacrifice. And said, this is my only begotten son. And he died for the world, right? He died, he died for, for the world. That, that, that he, John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so, over the years... He's revealed himself through the word. So that people from wherever can know him, can receive him, and be a part of him. The Bible was not written just for a good read or for a, or for a decoration item on the bookshelf. It's the book that changes lives and that brings people into salvation. And on that same note, it keeps us right by him and right by others if we follow what it says. But if you invite him in, if you, if you bring him into your life and, and allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in you, you now have become a resource because God is the source. God is the source that, 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 that is the source of all things. 
And He gives us resources to obtain the things that He has created, the things that He has implemented. So as I'm a resource right now as a teacher of God's Word, you can be a resource one day to Him in whatever it is He calls you in. So I want you to, to think and pray. And I want to give the opportunity to, to receive this source. Our source being Christ Jesus. Our source into heaven. Our source of salvation. And to accept Him as your Lord and Savior, because that will be your ticket into heavenly eternity with Him. And by that, may your life change as well here on earth, and that you might do mighty things unto Him by His power. Because He loves you and He, he, he wants you. He's been waiting for you and He's been just waiting for you to come. <laughs> and here's your chance. It's time to knock because He's going to answer. So let's do that together. Let's say this prayer together. Dear God, please forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins. As I confess to you that I am a sinner. Wash me clean of my sins, Lord. As I receive you in my heart. I receive you as my Lord, my Savior. And I thank you, Lord, for having me. May I walk with you all of my days. And may you have me when my time comes, Lord as I am now a part of you. And now, Lord, I invite you to live in my heart. Cleanse me of all sins, Lord, as you did, Father, Lord, by the blood that you shed on the cross. Father, I love you. I receive you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, again, God is good and God is is great. And He is just... Uh, if you said that prayer... You know, let me tell you, he's just so glad to have you. I just know it. You know what the Bible says? That if one person, whoever whoever becomes saved, if one person is saved, all of heaven is rejoicing. So if you said that prayer, heaven's rejoicing over you right now. There's like a big party going up there just for you. Isn't that something? Because God is, again, he's beyond anything that we could ever imagine. So get to know Him. Walk with Him. Grow in Him. And may your time here be well spent because our time in eternity will be 10 times, 10,000 times better. So may God bless you. May He keep you. And much love to you and all of those around you. And God bless.